Hi, Sean. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. You know, it's snowing outside. It is. And big flakes, but big it's December. It, well, the, well, when this one plays, it'll be January. Oh, man. I know. We'll be after Christmas, and what will we have to look forward to? Our birthdays. Hey! Aquarius. <laughs> no, you're a Pisces. But I'm you're Pisces. great on the cusp. I'm like, a cusp. Literally a day, and then it's your birthday. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cusp one. You're a cuspy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, but I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, right right there. Right there. So close. So close. So close. So close. We have a guest, though. We do? What? What? A guest? Yeah. Hey. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, ladies. Please introduce yourself. I'm Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, our hospice expert. Expert, huh? Yeah, yes. well, you're officially on a podcast, so you're kind of I'm an expert. expert. Just oh, been invited to a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sweet. That's kind of how it goes. Well, good. So, but this this is episode 14.1. Yes. Yay! I want it to be point three. No. Oh, please don't add another number in here. Have you listened to any of these podcasts? I have enough with one and two. Okay. Let's not confuse her. Okay. <laughs> it, we all know how easy that is, but let's not. All right. All right. All right. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, yeah. 14.1. Got 14. it. 14.1. <laughs> Got it. So normally, we talk about topics that can be a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Fun. Yes. Today's topic might not be so lighthearted and fun. And that's okay, because sometimes you got to get down and dirty in the rough stuff. But it's still going to be educational. Yeah. That's right. I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you think about hospice, you don't necessarily think fun times. No. 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 But hospice is such a needed thing, and right. it is so important. Um, so open your mind a little bit and just know that hospice sometimes doesn't necessarily mean end of life. And we're going to get down in that with our friend, Jennifer. Cool. Yay. <laughs> okay, I've got my little handy-dandy cheat sheet. Cheat sheet. Cheat sheet. That was not a Freudian slip. Don't start with me, Sean. All right. So, tell us a little bit about why someone would need hospice and when you really want to kind of consider that it might be time. Yeah. That's the big problem with hospice. What? Is that, yeah, oh yeah. People think hospice means you're going to die tomorrow. Yes. That, you know, you go on hospice, you're done. Like, it's over, lights out, you're done. That's no. not the case? No. It isn't? No. You know, and that makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, we, you want to be on hospice for a minimum of six months. So six months, six months, that's not dying tomorrow. No, it's not. It's not. When you get that diagnosis, when you get that like terminal cancer, end stage renal failure, you know, your injection fraction in your heart is like 10%, you know, those types of things. And you're not going to seek treatment. You just want to be comfortable. Yeah. That's where hospice comes in. So you always look at like... The natural progression of whatever your diagnosis is would be six months. Okay. And then you get hospice in, and it's so much extra help. Extra help with what? Like everything. 
Every everything. So if you're so wow. hospice can come to your home. Hospice hospice can go to an apartment, can go to an independent living, can go to an assisted living, can go to a nursing home. So you can get help anywhere. Um, you have extra nurses that'll come in and monitor everything that's going on, help with your medications, keep your vitals, help with wounds, like do all of that fun stuff. You can have an aide come in and help with the bath, get you cleaned up. Because sometimes as you get closer to that end stage, it's harder and harder and harder to get up, get a shower. You know, sometimes you got to do it in a bed. Well, I'm sure that, I mean, towards that stage in your life, you're not wanting to do a lot. But feeling clean is a big, big plus when you're already feeling crappy. Let's not add to it. Yeah. I mean, how many of us have been sick? You know, you've been down for four or five days a week. You know, you've had a horrible cold or bronchitis or whatever, and you just don't even want to get out of bed. And then like your first shower is like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I never oh. want to take a shower, but once I'm in there, right, right. worth it, right, worth it. Right. I remember being in the hospital for a week, and all I wanted was to wash my hair. Like, I just wanted to wash my hair in those crazy little caps that, like, get wet and, and get soapy, and then they take it off, and it just, it doesn't, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. I just had this conversation with my mom, who was in the hospital for yeah. a little over a week, and she couldn't wait to get home to have a shower yep. because she, too, got to have one of those cool little shower caps <laughs> that washes her hair without her having to get in the shower. Yeah, yeah. I, I and if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. But, yeah. you know, if you can have somebody that will come in and, like, really, you know, help you get clean, that just, I think everybody feels better. Yes. Right. And, and again, just because they're coming in doesn't mean that it's the end. You're dying tomorrow. Right. I mean, we really need to throw that point and just run it home because that just because somebody says, I think that we need to contact a hospice does not mean it's end of life because amazingly enough, you can graduate from hospice and get so much better because of the extra help that you no longer need them. Yes, that happens. That that does happen. Yeah, that more often happen. than we really know. Way I mean, more often than we really need it. Somebody's mm-hmm. disease does not progress quickly. Yeah. And, you know, just having that extra help has made them feel so much better that, yeah, they graduate. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's getting your medications on time. Yep. It's making sure that you, you're moving your legs when you need to move your legs. And, yep. you know, because, yes, you hear a terminal diagnosis of something and it's scary, it's, it's scary and depressing. Yeah. Yeah. And this this extra smile every day can help. It does. And oftentimes, when somebody first comes on hospice, if it's if it is early on in that diagnosis, it, it's early on that six month period. You don't have you don't necessarily have to have all of those different disciplines coming in no. right away. No. So let's get you on hospice. Let's get your pain under control. Let's mm-hmm. get your symptoms under control. Have the nurse helping with the medication. And then down the road, yeah. once you need the help, you then add let's in. add that aid yeah. and come in and help with those yeah. showers if you're still able to do it right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we want, you know, when you're on hospice, we want you to, to keep what you have. We're not going to like come in and take over and not allow you to be independent. I mean, the loss of independence is the worst piece. Absolutely. It's the worst piece. And as caregivers, when you're taking care of your loved one, they're not over to take, they're not there to take over for you. They're there to be lend a helping hand because 
while you're a caregiver, that's a 24-7 situation. Yep. Hospice is more like a friendly face coming in to give you a bit of relief. Yep. And if you want to do a day trip, say, um, I really want to take my grandchildren to Cedar Point for a day. Mm-hmm. They will come in and sit with your loved one to give you that respite. Sometimes. Not every hospice has the ability to do that, but, you know, there are definitely situations where that can happen. Or you could do a quick respite in a facility um, for, you know, an overnight or five days or, you know. Right. Because some people do, some hospices do have those centers or hospitals that you can be admitted to. Yeah. And I know that we've had plenty of people to go in and some come out, you know, and they're great. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, the big part of hospice is the focus on the caregiver as well. Right. I mean, they're there to support, they're there to advise, they're there to guide. Um, So like you you also have access to a social worker um, and the social worker can help with um, really anything. Uh, They, a lot of times when somebody's at home and getting hospice, as they get closer to the end, it becomes very difficult for a caregiver, let's say a spouse, especially if they're elderly, it becomes very difficult for that person to do the 24-7. So the social worker steps in and helps them find placement or helps them get a, you know, a non-medical home care company to come in and, and do three or four hours or... A lot of, you know, along those lines. So that social worker helps that problem solving. Like, I can't oh. take it today. And the social worker helps. When that. you're under caregiver stress, making oh. decisions like that is so hard. Oh, like, so you hard. don't want to think about the pile of laundry. No. You don't want to no. think about what you're making for dinner tonight. You no. know, I mean, so those little things are mm. what matters. And we've had that that talk on yeah. this podcast about what to do to help a caregiver. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just those dinners, really. <laughs> right, right, right. So I know that you said that counselor and social worker, I'm sorry, social worker comes in. Yeah. Can they help with counseling at all? Yes. Because, again, we talk about caregiver burnout and yep. anxiety and grief and all of that. So yep. what what does that consist Social of? worker is there for venting. I mean, how many of us, you know, have a situation where we just have to, you just need to vent. You just need to, it's almost like verbal just bleh I gotta yeah. get it I gotta get it all out and that social worker is there to listen to that and to guide and to help and help solve. sort through it right yeah. because that's a lot of emotion and I and it's just just to be clear our lovely caregivers just venting does mean getting angry with who you're taking care of yeah and it does mean being a little resentful yeah. and it does mean um you know just trying to get all of these emotions out because loving them and being angry at them yeah. are two separate issues and they can coexist yes. yeah so it's okay to find that safe place to vent and believe me Sean and I are you know we hear a lot of that venting quite often like I really love my mom but she's driving me crazy yeah this is a safe place it's okay so just just so you know guys it's okay for those two very different emotions to coexist yeah Yeah. and and there's a lot of guilt with that too Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of guilt with you know feel like you're giving up or they're giving up they're giving up you're giving up on them you know I you know personal experiences I've had um a a family member of a loved one who needed to go on hospice that the wife made the decision to do it his daughter threw a fit she lost her mind because 
She didn't understand what hospice was. She didn't understand that he wasn't going to die tomorrow. Right. As soon as he went on hospice, they were going to, you know, start giving him meds and he's going to die. That's not, that's not it. Hospice doesn't, doesn't help you. It's not assisted death, guys. (laughs) No, And that's one of the myths. That is one of the myths. that, That people often think that... You know, once my loved one goes on hospice, they're going to come in and they're going to help with the medications and they're going to give them something yep. to help them die. Yeah. That's not no. what hospice no. is. It's also illegal. It is illegal. <laughs> it's in this state of Indiana, that is illegal. <laughs> that is illegal. That is called murder. <laughs> I just it's want that a, yeah. clear. It's not okay. It's Premeditated. And I think that misconception happens because hospice comes in and deals with pain as a lot of diagnosis get toward the end there is a lot of pain involved so when you're when you're dying and you're in pain hospice gives you morphine hospice gives me broxanol like you could be taking it every hour it's a comfort level and honestly that really is when they are at end of life and honestly as caregivers and family members we should be gathered around yes because we want to give them as peaceful as a passing as possible and that peaceful passing includes that morphine or whatever other thing you said because i only know morphine Roxanol. Roxanol. <laughs> so yeah, whiskey and Roxanol. Whiskey and Roxanol. All right. Got it. That'll definitely end yeah. your life. Don't do that. Yeah. And, you know, and when it's time, like I know when when my grandma was on hospice, at the very end, there was a lot of pain. Yeah. She was, I don't know, just sort of tightened right tightened up with yeah. pain yeah. and we had called the nurse and the nurse came and she stayed with us for a couple of hours and was giving her those medications yeah. every 15 minutes until you could see her relax yeah. and she wasn't all tight with pain yeah, again yeah. because you know you, they get to the end and sometimes they just can't tell you yeah anymore what yeah. the they problem can't is right. they can't you know, when my dad was passing, um, he was only on hospice for four days. And the reason for that was his physicians just kept trying and kept looking for the next thing. And that's that's what physicians do. I mean, that's another... They're fixers. They're, they're fixers. they are trained to They do. are natural born fixers. Yeah. So they're always going to look for how do we fix this situation. And it takes... It t- I don't know who I don't know who it takes. It was a hospitalist actually that came in and said there is nothing more we can do, and that's okay. And that's and, okay. And it's hard to let go. So it making is. that decision to get on hospice is yeah. is hard. Yeah. And but your dad did better, right? Yeah, he did better, and we had um, he wasn't in pain, but he was restless. Like he just wanted to be moving. Wanted, you know, was just like the rally and, you know, all of yeah. that, but couldn't move himself, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, it was a lot of that. And so we had, you know, the nurses were telling them like, he needs the meds, but he was enough aware that he knew he wasn't in pain. So when they brought him pain meds and said, we have your pain meds, he wouldn't take them because he wasn't in pain. So you have to communicate, too, with the, the caregivers who are coming in because we finally had to say, 
if you come in and say, this will help you relax, he will take it every time. And right. he did. Right. And once you, you know, once you get over those humps, I mean, sometimes they're aware enough to know what's happening and sometimes they're not. It just depends on the situation. But so for our communication, yeah. communication yes. with your hospice team is essential. A- it, it, absolutely. Absolutely. You're able, you know your loved one the best. Absolutely. You know whether they're telling you they're in pain or if he's, he's not usually this yes. movie. Yeah. You know, he, he's not a wiggly guy. He's like, not like, <laughs> this is not his normal. This is not the you know? Yeah. And um, like, I'm trying to make this lighthearted. This is a difficult situation. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. But, you know, you have, you have to communicate. You have, you know, like you said, you know your loved one better than anybody else and you've already been their biggest advocate right so just continue right, right. down to the end and it's yeah. okay yeah. to sit there and hold their hand to do nothing else but say they're not ready or they are ready or and yeah. and sometimes my lovely caregivers sometimes you have to say it's okay it's if okay. you go yep. yeah i'm okay you have to yep. give that permission it, sometimes. because sometimes yeah. the mommies and daddies and grannies and grampies don't want to leave you alone <laughs> right you know then and, and they know that you're going to be okay but they don't want to go just as much yeah. as you don't want them to exactly and and it just and sometimes you have to give them that permission yeah. And I know that I had to give my mother-in-law that permission. And that was, it was very hard. And, you know, it was her and I in the room with my sister-in-law. And we were just kind of like, we love you and it's okay if you go. And it was hard. It was hard because we loved her so much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a very difficult situation to say that. And I have found personally, um, having lost quite a few people, that a lot of times, like I was adamant that my father was not going to die alone. Like I was adamant that somebody was going to be with him all the time and he was not going to lie alone. You know, that man waited till I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I'm I, sorry. No, I'm it, like, but I that, just, you're right. That happened. I was, like, I was in the room. My best friend was with me. We were in the room. I fell asleep probably within 20 minutes. But you were there. I was there. You were there. Was, you, yeah. you, he was not alone. You he got your wish. Alone. I got my wish. But, but, he waited. but I wasn't Cognitive. there. Like yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't holding his hand. I was, you know, and so that was a difficult pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But that's what, you know, that's how he wanted it to happen. And so I a lot of times it's not how we want it to happen. It's how they want it to happen. You can't plan life or death. No. You can't plan a birth. No. I mean, yeah, you can't see section grand, but <laughs> you can't, it, you can't plan those kind of things. No. They go when they're ready. When they're yeah. ready. Yeah. And yeah. that's that. Yeah. 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 But on the flip side, you know, like we had an aunt who was on hospice for two years. So you look at, you know, my dad, four days, mm-hmm. my aunt, two years, her disease progressed. It, you know, started before COVID and then progressed through COVID. And she was so angry about being isolated in her room that she finally got to a point where she starved herself. She quit eating. Oh, yeah, they do that, too. Because she couldn't see anybody. You know, we couldn't go in and see her um, because it was still very restrictive. That was, like, before the they were allowing. Yeah. Before they were allowing. The pandemic changed everything for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it finally got to a point that, you know, they were they were allowed to go in and see her. You know, we, we could periodically. But she starved herself. And that was, like, her choice. That she, you know. 
I have um, my my auntie who is on. Um, she has Down syndrome, and she is sixty five years old. And nice. that is amazing. That is amazing that we got to have her for that long. Yes. But, um, the family just announced that they have made a decision to put her on hospice. And I had to, you know, sit down with my parents and go, yes, that might be end of life for her, but she could hold on because she's getting time. that extra yeah. care. Yeah. She can hold on. Does she have dementia? Yes. Does she barely know who we are? Yes. yes. But her quality of life is still pretty decent because she's eating by herself. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. I yeah. said, hospice does not mean she's going to be gone next week. Yeah. And this is actually a good thing yeah this is that because they're gonna make you can, her I mean, you can be a hospice patient and still travel uh-huh you, yeah, can, you don't have to be home you don't have to be homebound no. you can still travel you can take a trip to the casino for an afternoon like it's not you're not like tied to your house you're not no. you know if you can do some of those things and you want to go we watch want you to right. go watch your grandkids and their plays or your great grandkids you yeah. know Hospice is just a helping hand. And I cannot wait for the next episode (laughs) so we can talk about all the benefits that a hospice brings to the table. Like those extra supplies or the counseling. And we got we touched a little bit on the counseling. But I really think that 14.2 will be just as enlightening as this one was. Look at you. You've got the numbers. I I feel like a (laughs) grown-up. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer, Thank for 14.1. We cannot wait to have you back next week. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, critiques, or guest suggestions, please get a hold of us at caregivershenanigans at gmail.com. And if you would like to share this wonderful podcast, just type in caregivers.lol and it will bring you to all of them and you can share that. So thank you so much. And as always, we love you. We love you. Okay, bye. bye.